however, which is about micro commands, the both this flow and data are very much under threat at the time of uh, Michael's teaching. Is the controls is the one who's here. The invasion of spiritual zombies is about to happen. They will ultimately accomplish their curse and then finally create freedom. And then it's up then to Micah. Micah, from his teaching, will begin to foretell a type that's given of this uh, of destruction of the multi-kingdom in 2 Kings chapter 17. And this one always happens, otherwise somebody makes this up now. It says, and this occurred because the people of Israel sinned against the Lord their God. He had brought them out of the land of Egypt and turned all around. And the people of Israel did secretly against the Lord their God, saying to the Lord, They broke Jerusalem by forces and they did not set up for themselves pillars or make stones to make idols of, and they were everywhere pursued, and there they were outwitted by all of their faces. But the nation stood three more straight away before them. When they did wicked things, the broken their heads in anger, they served idols, but let the Lord their God go. Chapter 2 has three main sections. First, 
this method is still starting and that it's actually single that someone out of the land that the Samuel has been given by the Lord. We didn't care about the people who died for burial willingly, and we didn't care about the decree of the Lord that buried him that way in that valley. It's a double redemption. And this leads us to both the greatest and the second greatest commandment. The punishment that we're uh, shown here in verses 1 through 7 is therefore a tragically ironic one. I gave you the sign of God's life. I brought you out of Israel. I drove the inhabitants out before you. I made my covenant with you so that if you kept my commandments, I would be your God and protect you and prosper you in this land. If you are going to cheat and oppress one another to find a king that you get what I gave to your people by grace, then I'm just going to take it away. Israel, to whom Micah is prophesying, 
demonstrate their idolatry by their obedience. They reject the living God, and they have rejected him as this leads to a devaluation of the people that he has made in his image. Idolatry is the seed of abuse. The question to us in that second question is how will the people, how will the leaders of the people respond to the rebuke of the Lord? Remember, in light of the ministry of Micah, the Assyrians come not only to destroy the northern kingdom of Israel, but also make a serious threat against the southern kingdom of Judah. Micah directly predicts their coming attack in chapter 5. But the obvious but implicit message from Micah in chapter 2 is turn away from your idolatry, turn away from your excuses, and seek me with compassion mercy. You know the character of the living God. You know that he is rich in mercy and abounding in steadfast love. And he comes to his people and starts, I am bringing judgment upon your sin. The correct response is to humbly look to him for mercy and help. Do you remember how angry that made Jonah? Jonah hated the Ninevites and didn't want to obey the calling to sacrifice and throw someone's destruction uh, to them precisely because Jonah knew the character of the living God. Jonah knew that if the Ninevites asked and asked for forgiveness and turned away from their sins to the Lord, the Lord would have mercy. Consider the response of David when confronted by Nathan the prophet for his famous sin. An abuse of his God-given authority. David called my presence and asked God for mercy. So, what then do the leaders of the northern kingdom, quoted here in Micah 2, who hear the prophecy of Micah, stop their false worship, and turn back to me? What is their response? The paraphrase is this their response is this. Don't you talk that way to us? Would any wicked of you to say that God will take vengeance upon his people? Don't you know what he does? The heart of the idolater justifies itself before the very voice of God. The heart of one who hates God humbles itself before God's word. the difference between what happens to the northern and southern kingdoms. In the case of a a serious attack, the northern kingdom argues it justified itself, and the southern kingdom turns, as Hosea in 2 Kings 19, sought mercy from God by humbling himself and praying. Let me paraphrase. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Hear the words of Sennacherib. 
the fact that he was just a very odd thing. This man is this time from your son and asking to deliver you the old back blessing of you. Just as David was confronted by Nathan and prayed for the Lord for mercy, just as Nineveh turned to the Lord for mercy as the preacher of Jonah, just as Hezekiah turned to the Lord in humble prayer and dependence, just as Abraham believed God and they trusted him with righteousness, just as the tax collector prayed, Lord, have mercy on me. If you and I turn from our sins and look to the Lord for mercy, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And Hezekiah recognized, and what we the believers in Christ must recognize, is that the living God is there. He is active. He is powerful. And He is good. Above all things, trustworthy and reliable. That means that in the face of Sennacherib's 185,000, or in the face of whatever burdens they have in heaviness on the internet, depression, death, cancer, wayward children, turn to the living God and ask.